Welcome to I Need Some Air. Bending. A Last Airbender fan cast from someone who's seen the show before. And someone who has not. I'm Landon Ferguson. And I'm Michael Williams. Okay, so we just gotta get right into it, Landon. Yep, we're discussing episode four, The Warriors of Kiyoshi. So the relative A-plot was that Ank, Sokka, and Katara are traveling. They're trying to find uh, Kiyoshi so that Aang can surf the koi fish. And the whole time Aang wants to impress Katara. And they manage to find Kiyoshi and they, Aang is out there surfing the koi fish. But Katara is not really impressed or paying any attention. And they end up getting captured by some villagers. The villagers of Kiyoshi. At, well, the warriors of Kiyoshi specifically. And they find out that Aang is the Avatar. And Aang receives all this attention from the villagers. And really has to deal with the attention that being the Avatar brings him. And the whole time he's still trying to, to impress Katara. And she's letting him know that you can't let this go to your head. Like we, we will need to leave eventually. And he wants to stay and revel in, in the attention. Well, worst case scenario, Zuko has finally found them. And he attacks the village. So Aang has to gather Katara and Sokka and get on Appa and leave and retreat. Not before saving the village a little bit. And the main thing was that he left so that Zuko would follow him and stop attacking the village. So the B-plot, we're introduced to Sokka's sexism, where we first see him giving his sister Katara a hard time because she's fixing his pants, and he's like, oh, sewing's for girls, and kind of ticks her off, rightfully so. And then when they get to Kiyoshi, he's embarrassed about being taken down by the women of the village, the Kiyoshi warriors, and... Then we see him later, because of that embarrassment, he goes and tries to show off for the Kyoshi Warriors for only his his own ego. And that doesn't go well. He gets even more embarrassed. Then we see a turn in his character, and kudos to Sokka. He humbles himself and asks him to teach him, because he realizes that he can learn something from them. So that's our plot recap. Let's discuss what was going on with Aang this episode. So, in trying to get attention from Katara and it not really working, and they find this little village, he's getting attention from all the little girls in the village and all the other people just happy and excited that the Avatar is is there and back in general. And we see him sort of struggle with with just being the Avatar and, like, I don't know, the fame? Just not handling it well. Yeah, he definitely gets the Bieber treatment. <laughs> Famous too quickly and then all comes crashing down. And you're just, like, girls are just, like, swarming you. Oh, and, yeah. Like, there's that whole scene where the, the painter is trying to paint the Avatar. <laughs> and every time he uh, lifts the painting, like, another girl appears and he's like, I gotta paint this one. Yeah, oh, there's an, another one. And oh, there's, I, there's more. And I guess the girls just want to touch the Avatar, because whenever they get to him, they just put their hands on him. Yeah. Which I just thought was funny. It's just like, is that, if that's really all they're going to do, just like, it's not the worst. And yeah. we see we see Katara having a little bit of the foresight that they can't stay in one place too long. That it's, mm -hmm. it's dangerous to travel with the Avatar. Um, and she's proven right when rumors spread, which... 
was a was a very short montage, but I have to imagine it was over the course of a of a like a full day. That that might uh, have been the funniest scene in the whole episode to me. I laughed so hard because <laughs> I just thought, man, that's that's how easy it was for Zuko to fight. Yeah, just this rumor spread about, oh, did you hear the the avatars in in Kiyoshi and. There was there was literally three degrees of separation between <laughs> Aang and Zuko. You got the the little girl, the, uh, the I guess actually four. The little girl, I guess her father, then no, the merchant, I think, I, and then yeah, that I think fireman. No, it was the little girl to the fishing merchant, and then to a, a customer of the fishing merchant, and then to the firebender. So it was like, yeah. It was very quickly, but I was like watching the the light setting change for every person, and I'm like, okay, I guess that was at least a full day of travel for a lot of these people. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But I, I just loved how like quick it was. Yeah, I know, it's, I know it's probably a lot longer, especially because earlier, like at the very beginning, there was that scene where Zuko's looking at the map where they supposedly tracked his location, like where he's going, and he's going all like all across these continents or whatever it's like man he's a master deceptor and then they we find out ang just doesn't know where he's going <laughs> and then, yeah. uh, then, uh, then all it took was just four different people passing on a rumor and he found him yeah when when zuko finds out that ang's on kiyoshi and he gets up away from his food and iroh's like are you going to finish that and zuko just comes back and goes, i was gonna save it for later <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> So that that's why I found it hilarious. But yeah, and then Aang realizing that that Katara was right, and they can't just stay in one place too long. He can't just stick and stay and goof around uh, because he draws in bad attention as well. And sadly, she is proven right when Zuko finally finds him. Mm-hmm. I will also say this is a a note on the animation style. I saw a lot of the use of blushed cheeks like the two little red spots on the cheeks like yeah. that was that happened a good bit this episode yeah it did oh that that's just a note i made what did you think of the scene when ang uh was uh surfing on the elephant koi fish and the when he saw the unagi just sprinting full speed on top of the water to get back oh yeah i i wrote down ang does the dash maneuver it was the animation style for that running moment was jarring. It was so out of place. I don't know. I didn't pay much attention to the animation. I just I just thought it was a nice little homage to the Incredibles. Yeah. Dash is just <laughs> running on the water, and then yeah, then Sokka just gets I, tackled. I can only imagine he was using airbending to like boost himself fast nah. enough to nah, do that. It's like those classic Scooby-Doo cartoons where they, they get scared by something. They jump up in the air and they run a little bit in midair and then they just, boom, they're gone. Yeah. Uh, it's an homage. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we've talked before about how the show sort of rides this line between uh, anime and Western animation and that was just full-on anime. They just cranked the knob entirely the other direction. Yeah. It just it just struck me as out of place, but not a huge deal. All right, so let's talk about uh, Sokka and his whole deal. 
Yeah, I was surprised. I, I never remember this about this episode. I always remember the koi fish in the village and, you know, learning about Avatar Kyoshi. I never remember that this episode deals with sexism. Yeah. Or just, just really just deals with, um, I guess, Sokka's big ego. Yeah, a little bit. But, I'll, I mean, he has that ego because yeah. of the sexism, you know. And I... it's like, it's interesting... To see a kid's show, especially back then, tackle a subject like that. I honestly have a feeling that he he is like that, simply because for a good good bit, he was really the only, I guess, quote-unquote warrior in the tribe. I, I have a feeling that he's never met a real warrior. So I... I feel like aside that's... from maybe aside from maybe his father and you know maybe. whatever other men left the village, yeah, yeah. Because I, I have a feeling that's kind of why he has those views for himself. Because it's just no one's ever put him in check, and if, yeah. if he if he thinks because we saw he's really he was really the only warrior in that village. If mm -hmm. he's the only warrior in that village, that does tend to affect like what you think of yourself. You tend to think of yourself as. I, I'm really great, and like all the the women in my tribe are feeble, so all women must be feeble. Yeah, but, but uh, it's it was a great character uh, story to to see that turn in him, uh, to realize that you know there's more to people than just boy and girl. Yeah, I I thought it was a really nice arc, and I I have yeah. to say he looked really nice in makeup. I hope they keep that look. <laughs> We'll get into, did we meet any new characters? Suki! Yeah, I think Suki was the only one that we meet, uh, specifically. There's some side characters here and there, but nobody really by name. Yeah. And I guess we did kind of meet one more character being Kiyoshi. Yeah, I would say we learned about her. Yeah, true. Just learned about Kiyoshi a little more. Um, the fact that she has a village named after her. Uh, and then the Kiyoshi Warriors, which I can only assume she must have started? I guess either that or they started, like, in honor of her? I would th I would say if you've got warriors named after you that you've probably started them, right? Like, you, like, they are the Kiyoshi Warriors, which means they were Kiyoshi's warriors, like... Or maybe when she was alive, they went by a different name. They said, we are Kiyoshi's warriors. And then, then Kiyoshi died, and they said, oh, we're the warriors of Kiyoshi. Yeah, I suppose. There'll be another name change in Either way, it was 100 years or so. 200 years. 200 um, years. <laughs> which would mean that Kiyoshi was the avatar before Roku. Which I think we may have seen in the last episode in the statue room. Well... Is Kyo wait, I believe Kyoshi's a water bender, right? Uh no, Earth. The uh, Oh, Kyoshi the, was an earthbender. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the cycle before fire would have been Earth. And uh, then the 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 mostly green outfits on her. Okay. Yeah, I was thrown off because all the characters were wearing blue. That yeah, that was a little bit I mean, not that everything has to be color coded in the world, but yeah, it's like Opposite, kind of what we've been seeing already from some of the color coding in the in the show. Yeah, but I I think that's irrelevant. Yeah. Okay, so oh, we also met a creature, Unagi. 
The Unagi, yeah. The Unagi, um, which apparently is a very misunderstood creature. <laughs> yeah. And I, I thought Unagi was a state of self-defense that Ross uh, promoted on Friends, but apparently it's something else entirely. It was a sushi, wasn't it? I guess so, yeah. No, uh, so what did what did you think of Suki? I liked Suki, and I also kind of liked that fight style that her and the Warriors had. I believe she mentioned that you, it's not about strength, it's about using your opponent's strength against them, mm-hmm. which if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that's based on, I think, the, the fight style of jujitsu, where that's, it's not mm-hmm. much... Uh, strength it's about kind of blocking and deflecting their attacks back onto the other person yeah it's like um if you remember that karate kid uh remake with jackie chan when he fights the bullies in the first scene we see him Mm -hmm. yeah and whenever whenever all the bullies are attacking him jackie chan never strikes the kids he always deflects their attacks and he makes it to where they punch each other yeah, yeah, he just uses their momentum to throw them, throw them around, but he never actually uh, lays a hand on them. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That that's exactly the style they were using, and I like how they would use those fans, like because and we see that before in like traditional martial arts and stuff where the fan can be used as a weapon, but I liked that theirs were like seemed to be all metallic, um, almost like a blade. Yeah, and. As we mentioned before, Sokka does turn around and ask Suki to train him. And all fairness to Sokka, he does, and all that boasting he does about how great of a warrior he is, he does take to it pretty quick. Yeah. He managed to get a hit on Suki. So, yeah, it's it shows that he he's capable, you know, which I don't think anybody doubts. It just, he needs some finesse. Yeah. Or it's just, he has an arrogance problem. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and we see later that when Zuko attacks a village, Sokka fights uh, dress and dress, or fan and fan with the the warriors. (laughs) And, yeah, I I liked Sokka's arc in this one. It was a short one, but it really went a long way. Yeah. It it's it was nice to see as as even for just a short simple arc it it was it's a good character plot to bring up I guess. All right, so we saw some new stuff with Sokka. Did we learn anything new with our other characters? Um, I would say we got something new with Aang. I think Aang learned a bit more about the responsibility of being the Avatar. Mm-hmm. That that it's just not all about it good attention and and getting getting that beaver treatment you know like like all the avatars have wanted yes yeah. like it's also about the fact that in all fairness to ang i don't think the other avatars had to deal with what he's doing right now that the firebender is coming out and trying to kill him or capture him yeah. i don't think all the other avatars had to learn that lesson and i think he's doing a pretty good job of learning it yeah, it's definitely a unique situation for him, and he, it all kind of goes back to that thing where he seems to want to ignore the war going on. You know, it's like he he knows and understands the ultimate goal is to get to the North Pole, but he's going to have fun no matter what. Like, he, he just, 
he hasn't seen the reality of the war yet. Um, all he knows is that it is going on, and the Fire Nation is evil, is you know corrupt right now. But he just hasn't seen the effects of what it does, of what a war like that does. He still wants to just pretend that it's not happening and have fun. And I think by the end of this episode, we see that you know when the village is burning down because of him. I think it's a it's a it's a turn for him. Yeah. I thought for a second when he, I believe he attacked Zuko and he thrust Zuko into a building and then he got his his stick and he started flying away. I thought for a second he was just like full on retreating. And I just thought, dude, you're you're actually kind of winning the fight right now. And uh, and then there's that moment where he sees the statue of Avatar Kyoshi and it's burning because it's mm-hmm. made out of wood. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of when he realizes. Uh, the devastation that he has brought to this village. And then, Katara, I I didn't feel as though I, l- I learned anything new about her. It, mm-hmm. it, I'd agree with that. It, it, it kind of reinforced what we already knew, that she's kind of the more practical one of the group, mm-hmm. and she's kind of looking out for their for everyone's protection, even when other people aren't looking out for their own. Yeah, she was planning for the trip. She was trying to gather supplies and food and stuff and trying to get Aang to to move on with their journey and everything. Just sort of, yeah, just being the responsible one. Yep. And Momo did nothing. I think Momo was a a, a nice little Easter egg throughout this episode. <laughs> did you, I think that's the best way to put it for this one. And it, this may be just sort of what Momo does for a while. Uh He's just and he's on almost every background shot. Did you notice? I I did not I I know when they were eating food there was that little part where like I guess Momo reached up and grabbed some food, but you just see his arm. He he kept doing it the whole shot. He just keeps coming back from different camera angles, grabbing more food. And then there's moments when Sokka's training in the uh dojo where we see Momo just hanging out on the roof. Uh there's a part where one of the girls, I think, was holding Momo, and he was just sacked out asleep completely on his back in her arms. Uh, he would just be around when Aang was showing off, just sort of like, just just being Momo. And it was just, he was just almost in every background. Uh, but contributing it nothing. It was quite enjoyable to, like, look through the episode and be like, oh, there's Momo again. Yeah. I guess he was the only reassuring thing about this episode. <laughs> oh, there's Momo stealing yep, food. Oh, there he is again. He's taking a nap. Alright, so did our did our view on the world change uh, this time around? Did we learn anything about that? Um, I would say I think we learned that the Fire Nation has a bit more reach than I thought there would be. I guess mm-hmm. Zuko has I guess people, or he's put out a ransom, or a bounty, like, give me information about the Avatar. Because, like I said, he found out about their location, like, pretty relatively simple way. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's like with him being exiled, but he still has connection in the Fire Nation. It's sort of, I guess, like, he's not allowed to go home. But he's, it's not like they've kicked him out of the Fire Nation. You know what I mean? Like, like as far as being a 
civilian of the Fire Nation. He just can't go back. Yeah. I guess. Because he still has connections. He still has a boat. He still has a, an army on the boat. You know, soldiers that obey his command. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, yeah, I would say the Fire Nation's reach being larger than we may have thought before. Yeah. yeah that's the only new thing I felt we well, learned about the world overall. There, there, one other thing is that they... Uh, one. The, one of the village elders mentioned that Kiyoshi has stayed out of the war this long. Oh, yeah. Um, I forgot which is, about that. Sort of goes back to what I was wondering about how like long this war was taking in the hundred years. This is sort of building on that, that there are still some places that really haven't been touched yet. Um, as far as, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure they're affected, right? Like supply chains and things like that, but it's like they haven't been devastated by it. Yeah. I still maintain my hypothesis that it's just really hard to take over a whole world. Yeah, I mean, and I guess that's sort of what this is showing, is there's just a lot of little pocket locations. It's not like there's just four large land masses or something, you know. There's a lot of little villages like this. Yeah. Was there anything else that you felt we learned about the world? Uh, no, I'd say that was probably about it for this one. Other than there's just some giant creatures in the ocean. Yes, apparently some giant creatures. And apparently the Unagi is basically just a water dragon. Yeah. I guess we should mention that the village is on fire and Aang and his friends are leaving. And Aang has a, I guess, a call to action. Like, I gotta, gotta help him out a little bit. So he gets on the Unagi and he, I guess he finally tames it. And the Unagi accepts his authority and says, okay, I'll help the village. And just shoots water out of its mouth onto the mm-hmm. village and puts puts the fire out. I would argue that the Unagi was not happy <laughs> with that situation. Yeah. I, the Ang just is on his back and pulled his whiskers back to make him aim and shoot water yeah, I, out on the village. I don't think so. I guess those two... Like whiskers or antenna, whatever they were. I, I have a feeling that was his gag reflex. <laughs> so Aang just like yanked on that, and like that's, it, and there we go. So I don't know the anatomy of a of a Unagi, and I don't think anyone else does either. So I think I'm safe in making that assumption. <laughs> when he jumped into the water to use the Unagi to spray water on the village, I had the thought like, if this was an Avatar with any type of training. He would have just water bended uh, and uh, enough water to put out the fire, right? Mm-hmm. But because there is no training there as far as anything but air bending, that wasn't an option. And it's you know not a big deal because he still accomplished the same thing. But it just I had that thought. Yeah, that moment where he jumped off of Appa and went to the water to get the Unagi. I forgot that there was a whole the whole rest of the show existed. Because when he jumped off, I just thought, oh, I guess he just, he's done. So, yeah, right, guys, I'm done. This is too much. <laughs> he just jumped off. <laughs> then, like, he landed in the water. It's like, oh, yeah, the Unagi. <laughs> I was like, man, that's that's real weird. <laughs> it's just a little Nickelodeon short, you know? It was weird. It was three episodes long. Yeah, it ended, it ended in suicide. Which, I mean, <laughs> props to Nickelodeon for... <laughs> For teaching kids about the dangers of it, but man, my four-year-old was watching that. <laughs> but yeah, that—that's the thought I had because I just—I wow. just forgot. Only, only you. 
Because that's that's honestly what it looked like. Because he didn't say anything, and he just had this serious look on his face, and then he just jumped off. <laughs> Only you, Michael. Only me. Only someone who has never seen the show. Sure. Oh, that's that's how I am with every show. It's just like every time, uh, like I, every time a character gives up, I just assume they're dead. <laughs> Alright, so I would say we didn't really have any major plot developments this time around. <clears throat> this this seemed to be a, a smaller world-building build, episode. I would, yeah, I would say more character development on this episode. Yeah. Which I think was the same thing I said for last episode. Yeah, I feel like if last episode was, was uh, secretly Zuko's episode, I'd say this was secretly Sokka's episode. Yeah, I would say so. Man, when when is Momo gonna get his episode? Uh, I'm sh- I think it happens at some point. Huh. All right, so I guess that just leaves. Uh, you know, what do we expect from here? Um, I guess we expect Sokka to keep his ego in check a little bit. Yeah, I'm curious to I'm curious to see if this is because I I really can't remember if this is one of those things where he immediately. <laughs> falls back into like his old ways or if he keeps what he learned in throughout the the continuity you know yeah i don't know i think i think he'll keep it i don't think we'll see it immediately because i don't unless we're gonna he's gonna meet another group of warriors next episode i don't i don't think it'll come up but um i guess going forward i'm kind of left in the same place i was uh, last episode the only person i felt who was going to go in a different direction would be Sokka this episode. But everyone else, Mm -hmm. I still feel the same way. That Aang's going to continue to learn more about responsibility. Uh, Katara, I haven't really seen any reason for her to change yet. I don't think there's anything that she personally needs to work on. Yeah, I think we need a Katara episode. I I think so, eventually. We gotta... What makes her tick? Yeah. Like she's got to loosen up and have some fun, I guess. I don't know. That's because I feel like at this point, Katara's, I guess you would call a static character, where she's already she... so well-rounded that we need we need something to happen unless or else she's going to stay the same for a good bit. Um, I will say this. Aang's trick with the marbles was the most boring thing I think I've ever seen. <laughs> And I completely understand why Katara was just like, that That does nothing. It's not cool. <laughs> You're spinning marbles. Hey, you, you don't know how hard it is. Like, I, <laughs> Maybe that took you months to learn. If that took you months, then uh, the fate of the world is in your hands, and I pray <laughs> for the world. <laughs> uh. I, I had a buddy... Uh, that I used to work with, uh, who watched the show, and he would just walk by me and not say anything and just keep walking, and he would do the marble trick with his hands and, like, do that thing with his face, and he would just keep walking and do that. And it was always the funniest thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, that's just, that's, that's honestly creepy, but it's, it's so it was, funny. It was very enjoyable every time he did it, and I never knew when he was going to do it. It's like, I have a feeling he didn't watch anything past that episode. <laughs> he just he just saw that watch and was like, I'm just going to do this every time. <laughs> He'll never know when I'll strike. Yeah. 
God. It'd be even funnier if he had marbles in his hands and he tried to do it, but he just ended up it's throwing just no, them. No, just throwing the marbles at you. It's just like, oh, I'll get it next time. <laughs> so every day he's just getting pelted with marbles. Ugh. All right, that's going to do it for us this week. Thanks for listening to I Need Some Air. Banding. Join us next week when we discuss episode five, The King of Omashu. Kiyoshi Island? Uncle, ready the rhinos. He's not getting away from me this time. Are you going to finish that? I was going to save it for later.